are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is the Lunch Break Podcast, episode number 17. My name is James Bodden, and I am thrilled that you have chosen to join me for this episode of the Lunch Break Podcast because I'm thrilled about my guest today, Roz Harris. She is a 2018 top SDR performer, a professional pipeline builder at One Cause, a conversation creator, and founder of Fit Chicks LLC. Roz, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm really excited to have you here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here too. Awesome. Well, <laughs> so let's just take all of this excitement and, and jump right into it. The first question that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast how did you get into sales, Ross? Oh, God, that's a big question. So how did I get into sales? I think I've been selling from the beginning. I had a, uh, a little business at Florida A&M University. I, was, I would walk to the, um, the Whole Food, the wholesale store, and buy candy, boxes and boxes of candy. Now, I'm a little bit of an age where it's back in the day. So um, I, w I was at FAMU in the, in the 90s, and I'd walk to the wholesale store to get candy. And then I would bring it back to my dorm, and I said, how can I have, like, how can this candy be special? It's just a Snicker bar. How can it be special? So I literally wrote out about 100 quotes, motivational quotes, and I cut them out on pieces of paper and taped them to every candy bar. So now it was Sweeties Plus, Sweeties and Company. And I would sell the candy bar at a premium over the vendor because they got a quote. I was getting my hustle on because I needed to buy books. <laughs> You're not looking at a rich girl. I needed to buy books and get gas money together. So I think I've been in sales from the beginning. Um, and then from there, so it's been out of necessity. I started in sales probably out of necessity. I'll say it like that. Um, if I needed to be able to make some cash, make some money, um, how could I do it? Use my, create some value, get compensated for it. Yeah. I, I, I love that you added that last piece in like, not only was it out of necessity, but you thought, how can I create an opportunity by adding value? I think a lot of times when we, I mean, I, my own way into sales was very much out of necessity too, um, but I didn't get around to thinking about adding value for a while. And, and that idea that you had of how can I, you know, separate these regular old candy bars to make somebody want to spend more than the 75 cents that they could, you know, down the road um, was, was genius because I remember kids in, in high school and college doing that. And I always thought like, well, you got the markup is so high. Like I could go if I just waited until the the class ended, I could <laughs> I could go buy it for fifty cents. But no, with 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 yours, there was actually something extra there. I that that that's so awesome. No, um, anyone who's listening to this, who's uh, from my class, they're gonna be chuckling because they would run into my dorm room with, "I already got this quote, Roz. Can I get a different Twix bar with a?" A different quote not a problem not a problem <laughs> customer service too customer service was was uh, already baked into what you were doing as well I love that 
Now, in between college and now, I did probably everything else besides do sales, right? I thought I had to have a career, a corporate career. I have an MBA from University of Virginia, Darden Business School. So I, was, I had Wall Street in my background. I was going to then be a consultant. I've had corporate gigs in marketing and strategy, what I thought were, you know, reputable or highfalutin kind of things. And I'm saying, like, nothing beats sales. And so when I left corporate America in 2006, I started my own business. It was just coaching and consulting, but I had to get out there and get clients. So that was sales. And then I lost everything. Like in 2010, everyone can remember that if you're at a certain age, you kind of like, it hurt. It hurt a lot. I lost everything and how to get back on my feet was through sales. And it was uh, public speaking sales where I would give public seminars, speak, and then people had to buy resources that I believed in that would help them. And so in between the Sweeties and Company in college and you know, leaving corporate America, I thought I had to be in corporate America to be successful. But no, it's all been about sales. And now life is so fulfilling. I basically retired in my early 40s because I bought a business and I sold. I sold memberships and I sold upgrades and I sold renewals to clients in a community that we loved on them a lot. It's called Fit Chicks. And it just, I have a team now that runs it and it let me step back and go, they run it better than I do. And that sales brought me freedom. Um, and I, I'm like all about it. Yeah. Wow. You've given me goosebumps here listening to that. I mean, you said so many things that, that uh, somebody that loves sales loves to hear because you had this perception of, oh, I need to go be, because, you know, I, I looked at your background and I, you know, you were in HR and you did a lot of things that, that probably have done a lot to inform your approach as a salesperson now, just as anyone's experience shapes how they do their job. But um, talk, so at what point did you realize, okay, I've gone into the corporate America side of things and, and done well and uh, gotten degrees and accolades. What made you decide to kind of take that leap back to this, sales game that you know you loved but but had had kind of left behind yeah um well there's actually kind of two pivots leaving corporate america in 2006 and then like doing my own thing that was sales but actually when i bought the company I, when i bought this business and then turned it it was failing and turned it around i, I could have kept doing it i'm like let me keep doing it but then i was like no my team runs it better than i do i can now do the leadership piece do the marketing piece motivate them and so it was in 2017, I said, you know, I have, a, I have time on my hands, right? If you think about your resources, you have money, you have time, you have your, uh, your brain, like your intellect. And so I had money, I had time on my hands. I had 40 extra hours a week. I said, what if I invested my time? Because I, I could open up another Fit Chicks. I didn't want to open up another Fit Chicks. I didn't want to franchise. I, so what if, I didn't want to grow that business that way. I, I'm growing it a different way now, more of a grassroots movement we're doing. But I had 40 extra hours a week, 45, 50 extra hours a week. If I invested my time, I could make, you know, 80, 100 grand. Hmm, I said, okay. That, in sales though, right? 
And so in Indianapolis, which I love it here, it's just amazing, there's this environment of tech, the tech community. And I said, okay, I'm a little bit different um, in a lot of ways. You can't see that if you're listening to the podcast, but I'm a woman, I'm black, I'm not in my 30s. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have guessed, I wouldn't have guessed. I'm 47 and I'm very proud of that, right? Um, But I said, I have 40 hours to invest of my time. I love technology. I actually, I really love sales and I do it well. Can I contribute to a SaaS company here in Indianapolis? And then what happened was I got connected with Tech Tech Point. Tech Point's our incubator organization here in Indianapolis. Got connected with them. I got accepted into their Tech Point sales boot camp because on my own I wasn't getting the interviews. I wasn't quite navigating things well. I got access to three companies. We did little mini internships. And I started like winning in the contest and I loved this kind of sales. I was like, I like this pipeline building stuff. I like cold calling. I'm like, this is fun. And it was kind of hard to do because not everybody liked to do it. So I retired from my business, had time on my hands. I knew I loved sales. I knew I liked, liked and loved technology. Could I make a contribution to a company here in Indianapolis? given all that I had to offer and my background a little bit different, I said yes. So I put myself out there. I got accepted to Tech Point Bootcamp, and then I got to interview with different companies, and Wonkoff made me an offer, and it made sense to come. I love I love that story because I've, I've had another guest on this show, Matt Wanty, who was a founder of his own company, and then after doing that was an SDR for a year. And that just completely breaks the image of the SDR role being entry level, being something that only a 22 year old college kid can do or would want to do. Um, and not something that a seasoned skilled sales professional like yourself would even consider doing. And it's, so frustrating because I I was having this conversation with a colleague of mine just the other day. I'm a 10-year salesperson who has been an SDR for the last two. And most of the time when I talk to folks, it's like, why? They kind of have that look like, why are you, is something, did you do something wrong? (laughs) Or, you know, like, were you just that bad? Or... Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I love that your story just kind of breaks that mold. And I have to imagine, because I know it's this way for me, all of that experience and, and, and the, the various ways that you were exposed to selling the different types of selling that you've done over your career, not to mention, you know, your experience and things like human resources and, and all of those other jobs that you had informs the way that you're able to lead the charge at the front of the sales funnel in a, just in a different way. So do you ever think about that? Like, wow, like I'm really equipped here to, to run this front of the sales funnel because of all of this experience, not and it's not a it's not a bad thing like most people would think, right? It actually is is quite empowering, or at least that's how I feel. Yeah, no, you're, you're right because I, 
it, trust me, um, it was like there must have been something wrong with us who were in the Tech Point boot camp because we were. Um, it's meant to help bring a diverse population, age, experiences, race, gender into tech, into indie tech. And so, a couple of the those who were in the know knew we were, you know, going to be great hires. But sometimes you got to look like, oh, you're a flunky. Something's wrong with you. Um, and I, I had a little chip on my shoulder about things. I was like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. And that may have been kind of what fueled my 2018 performance. Because um, I was like, okay, I'm going to crush it. Yeah. <laughs> it no like, doubt. To leave, yeah, no doubt. I'm just going to crush it. And so that was a little bit of that. I'm trying to let that chip on my shoulder go a bit. Because um, thinking, like, you know, you just don't know my story. And I have to give people grace. Yes. But said, you're right. I, I was just talking to someone. Actually, another podcast interview. This might be a little, um, little, um, you know, flowing. Deja vu, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, or yeah, a little uh, niche yeah, you're carving out here. Um, no, why are you successful? And I can tick off the things that all SDRs do. You, you do the behaviors. I'm a Sandler. I'm about Sandler, so I love Sandler uh, system. But what it is, you do the behaviors. You have a system, no matter what it is. I can tick off 17 different things you can do, which makes everybody that you do as an SDR. But what I realized, back to your question, is I said, what I have is I can start conversations. And I, got, I have a callback mojo. I leave voicemails and get callbacks. Mm. And we actually track it down. I'm, I'm on the highest callback. I'll get to, I'm at 27% of all my voicemails, you know, get callbacks. So I, we can track incoming calls. Yeah. And, um, and I, that's why I put on my LinkedIn profile, conversation builder. So yes, it's because um, I'm bringing experiences of different roles I've had from Wall Street to running spreadsheets to, to HR. I was talking to a prospect the other day and I said, well, do you use fundraising software to run your event? Because one cause is about fundraising software. Um, that's event focused, like fundraising campaigns. Yeah. And they said, oh, we just use Excel. I said, I'm not going to beat up Excel because you can run a business with Excel if you know how to use it well. And she chuckled and chuckled and chuckled. And I said, at least you're not using Access. She's like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> I have used these things at HR. We used Access. It was a database. Wall Street. I used Excel. Just yeah. because we had those conversations like that, she totally got that I wasn't just calling out of rote. I knew what she was dealing with, and she booked a conversation, an opportunity, a demonstration with my, my team member. Yeah. Right. I get to bring all of that to the calls. It's so powerful because it's those little nuanced, you know, just experiential things. And I think it's such a shame that companies don't recognize that, of how valuable that is for people leading the front of the sales cycle because you know, there are uh, companies that, that are doing that and, and are, and there are things like, you know, the, the boot camp that gives that opportunity to folks. And um, I, I, I love stuff like that because we need to break that mold. We need to realize that when you're working with, you know, customers, you want the most passionate people to be that first contact and mm -hmm. you want somebody who who is truly there to connect with that prospect figure out if you can help that prospect and and that doesn't always mean that it's gonna lie in uh, a 
recent grads' hands, right? I mean, it just that that makes no sense to me that it's considered entry level, and anybody above the age of twenty five is kind of looked at weird when they say they're a career BDR, right? I mean, being a being a career SDR, I don't even think is a thing for most people. You know, the smart ones, the smart companies, I'm thinking of my mentor, Brad Brown, at Perk here in Indianapolis. Um, there's a, a, a gentleman on his team that is, I, he's, he's my, my role model because um, he decided he you know, was doing great as an SDR, went and got the account exec promotion. He was like, ugh. He went back to be the SDR, but he's like a specialist. And I've actually modeled that idea. And so one of the, one of the people here at One Cause said, Raj, you want to be like the special forces of SDR? And I was like, yeah, I want to be lethal. I want to get to places that you can't get to because I care enough, you know, to have a conversation, to, you know, and, and have the resilience to keep going. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's the idea the smart companies are going, okay, we, we can have a professional um, career SDR to do some of the hard work, specialist work, or we have the volume that they need to have, predictable. If, if I, you can always predict that this SDR is going to book you five to 50 demos, you don't care how old they are, whatever's going on. And yeah. they're happy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love the idea of a special forces SDR that, that just is getting 27% response rate on voicemails, which is crazy to me, Roz. And, um, <laughs> You know, I, I I love the the way that you look at it, and and I think it's people like yourself that are going to make sure that companies stop making this kind of mistake. And it's you know the reason that I reached out to you in the first place. I kept seeing your name on LinkedIn as a top performer and somebody that should be spoken to if they want to hear you know what what a great SDR looks like, and then could see when I looked at your profile that you had done many things before being an SDR. And, and so that is, that is, uh, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, in your story, having trouble breaking into the industry on paper because, you know, who, who wants to take that chance or, or uh, take that risk. But companies that aren't taking risks on on great people are are losing and and it's just it's it's so great that that you know we have an opportunity now to really say okay who's the best person for the job and who's the most passionate about it and who can get the job done because it's not easy you know i think i i, I love the fact that you had this free this free time and have decided to just put yourself right on the front lines of just probably getting hung up on multiple times a day and and just the 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 brute force of of what it what it really means to be in sales development um you know who does that right (laughs) yeah yeah i think that says something about your that that chip on your shoulder right because it's like you know this is a battle and not everybody can do this not everybody likes to do it um and and it but and the connection you get to your team like you do i get to hand this off Mm. You know, that's that that feels very powerful. I get to hand this off to my my account exec, and I get the opportunity to work with a, just two of them, actually three. And I I, I want to know, like, I want them to have a win. I want them to have a good up at bat. 
Um, and so that, that also is the beauty of this thing that it's, it's, it's a pipeline builder to somebody else. And I love that. Yeah. Well, it speaks to the <clears throat> best part of life, which is giving. Yes. Oh, that's very good. Yes. You, know, you get to, and that's one of the reasons that I love it too. Uh, a, I very similar to, to your colleague spent years as a full cycle sales rep and quickly learned that, ugh, you know, just the, the different parts of these longer sales cycles or the customer success. I just wasn't enjoying it as much. And, but it's that pursuit. Yeah. It's that pursuit. It's the, it's the ability to, to find an exciting opportunity where you might be able to help a, a prospect and then say, guess what I found? Here you go. You know I mean? That makes everybody's day better. Um, yeah. And, and I love that. So how do you, you know, I know that you mentioned you had that chip on your shoulder and you think that's why you just absolutely crushed 2018. But as you said, you're trying to reduce that chip, but it sounds like you just have a passion for really caring about it, uh, the results. Because I think a lot of times SDRs can get caught up in the metrics and they can get caught up in how many demos they're flipping over. And one of the main gripes that we always hear as SDRs is that the meetings aren't qualified or I'm getting, you know, uh, bad leads from the SDR team. Yeah. So how do you ensure that, that you're coming to the table and to the phone every day with that compassion of like, I want to make sure that I'm not just flipping over junk. Like this is going to be an exciting opportunity for, you know, my teammate. Um, you know, I can't imagine that it's just one thing, but how are you able to kind of stay, committed to that to that cause of, of providing value and valuable opportunities to your team mm -hmm. I think well I, at fit chicks I have a I have five team members that work on the business and um, and now as I just manage them almost like I'm the sales manager of them um, it has taught me to keep in mind the other side of things and so if I can keep the other side of things in mind, now that I'm on the front lines at one cause doing this tactical work, um, I don't lose sight of what it means, what I'm setting up. So one, so that's one, so, it, so then, but then also our team here at one cause has really gotten smart about comp and we began to compensate on quality. Mm. Smart. So can I give one good one tip? Ooh, yes, please. I'm gonna give you an SDR pro tip about the whole callback thing. Mm. Um, I believe I do Sandler, so if you don't do Sandler, this may not always make sense. But I apply some Sandler techniques to a voicemail message. So okay. that's one. Two. I want you, anyone's out there, to be thinking about mirroring the voicemail that you hear. So I actually apply DISC, the D-I-S-C-K. To mm -hmm. So when I hear the person's voicemail message, I'm listening for, are they a D, I, S, or C? Mm. When I leave my message back, I'm going to mirror that tone. Got and it. Second, I just do apply, I apply some sandwich stuff like pattern interrupt and start, stop and presumptive questions. And so 
You know, I love it. And you know what, Roz, I wanted to ask you, like, what's your freaking secret with the callback ratio on the voicemails? I've never heard that of, of somebody that gets that high return rate on voicemails uh, and, and know quite a few people that would say voicemails are pointless to leave. And I love the fact that you're just flying in the face of that logic and, 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 the fact that you were willing to, to share those tips. I wouldn't have dared ask you, but you offered. So we are all so appreciative. Thank you so and much. The last piece is, is I go into the voicemail with the intention they're going to call me back. So mm. set your intention, mirror their, their words, their tone, and apply some system that you can test that you, like, these are, these are things that work in the sales cycle or the sales process when you're talking to somebody. So those are my three tips. I um, love it. How to get to me. Um, so Fit Chicks, the studio in Fishers, Indiana. It's a fitness, nutrition, and well-being spot for women. And But you would think that um, we should have another Fit Chicks. But what's not duplicatable, it's, it's okay to have another workout place. But what's special about Fit Chicks is, is the community. So we said, how can we take the community of healthy and happy supporting each other and take that and branch that off? So we started the Fit Chicks movement. And I'm doing what people do with a grassroots tribe. You get out there, you put some good value out there, good information, and hopefully people begin to opt in and follow. Um, we'll have an online store down the road, those kind of things. We'll have the Fit Chick you know, community. But fitchicksmovement.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, even on LinkedIn, Fit Chicks Movement. I love um, it. And yeah, well, you know, I think you are... Uh, looking at it in an interesting way because I always hear scaling, 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 hyper growth of, of companies. And, and I think it's special that you've recognized that, that the true value of what you're doing there is the community and that you can't just scale community and scale compassion and caring. It's something that has to be done the exact way that you're doing it. So right on. A thumb, a, a fist bump. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, virtual fist bumps all the way around. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, the last question that I ask everybody that comes on the lunch break podcast is Roz, what's your favorite place to eat lunch? My kitchen. You know, I pack my lunch every day. I love my cooking. I'm like, I cook fantastic. I'm like a foodie. <laughs> And I love creating recipes. I'm, I, I do happy dances with my lunch. I'm like, oh, this tastes so good. Oh, man. So my favorite place to eat for lunch is uh, packing my own lunch from home. I love it. Well, because then you never have to worry about what's on the menu because uh, you're making it. Yes. It's something I can't relate to at all, Roz. I'm <laughs> the most inept chef ever. And so I always enjoy when coworkers bring great homemade food in and then I can just live vicariously through them and also you with your wonderful home cooking. I love it, Roz. Thanks so much. Well, hey, uh, you know, I, I, just to wrap, you've, you've said so many incredibly awesome things and your story is just such a great example of uh, the fact that companies need to just get over whatever stigma they have about hiring a certain type of person for an SDR and BDR role because 
you know, there's you and I've got colleagues and folks on LinkedIn that are just proving that wrong. You know, we need, we need folks who are passionate. We need folks with all different sorts of experience and, and tenure in sales and time in sales to be a part of this SDR community. And I'm, I'm, I'm just so thankful that you've uh, chosen to come on the podcast today and, and shared your story so more people and more companies can get hip to what needs to be done out here. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been an honor, really. Awesome. Well, with that, I'm going to wrap up episode 17 of the Lunch Break podcast. Speak to you guys soon.